you already know what's going on. Welcome to the very first episode of Sports Talk with Turner. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be sharing all the knowledge that I have, all the insights that I have. And I just want to thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been a long journey. It's been a long ride, but a lot of you all have been with me for a while. And the new ones, I appreciate you as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. Today, we're going to be talking about, of course, rivalry week with college football. I always have a hard time saying that. I had to practice on that a few times. But yes, rivalry week with football is amazing. But before I even touch into that, you know, I am from Atlanta, so I am going to have to talk about my team. First, the Braves. Oh, man, that World Series, like the whole run was ridiculous, okay? They're shielding me from the disappointments of Falcons football right now, so I'm still kind of riding the wave with the Hawks win. I'm sorry, not the Hawks, the Braves win. But perfect segue right into the Hawks. Hawks are won seven straight. You feel me? Seven. Siete. I don't know how to say straight in Spanish, but I'll work on that. But in this seven straight uh, win streak, we have won against the Bucks. We actually won by 20 against the Bucks. okay? We wanted that payback from the last time we saw them. We, we weren't happy about the last time we saw them, okay? They, they kind of ran over us. Trey got injured, so we weren't able to really beat them the way we should. But that's a different story for a different podcast. You know, I don't want to get too deep into it because I'm still a little salty about that. You know, the ref injured Trey. I'm just playing. But, uh, but yes, during a seven-game win streak, we have won against the Bucks, the Magic, the Celtics, the Hornets, the Thunder, the Spurs, and most recently, the Grizzlies. And it's something about this 7-0 run uh, that we've gone through that kind of gives me hope because it's not just the seven-game uh, win streak. It's how they've done it and the type of team they're building into because of doing it. They're becoming more of a, a, a unit. They're starting to know the roles again. They're kind of knocking off the dust from, you know, the the start of the season. You know, we coming whether it's coming from off season or maybe you just happen to be the type of player to relax. Um, they're kind of just finally knocking off that rust and they're getting going. They're getting they're running smoothly. They're getting more cohesive as a unit and they're starting to actually look like the team that was running through the playoffs again and should have gone to the finals last year. Uh, we actually have a few games upcoming. Of course, we have the Knicks, Pacers, and the 76ers. Uh, I want to say we also have the Hornets and maybe the Nets a little bit later down the line. Uh, but just for these first three, the Knicks, it's going to be in Atlanta. And at the time of this recording, which I think it's, what, the 27th of November, 2021, um, this is the, the Knicks are coming to Atlanta today. It's the first time they've been here since we spanked that behind uh, back in round one of the playoffs last year. So I know that that's going to be a game that's jumping. We have to win against them, okay? Because I'm going to be extremely salty if we don't. But, uh, but yes, the Knicks, which is going to be, I know, good series because I know they want payback from the last time they were here and when we went and closed out game five in uh, – New York during the playoffs, but they're, they, they kind of feel disrespected. We slapped them in the mouth. So they're of course looking for a response. So I think that's going to be a really hard fought game. Uh, I feel like that's one of the new rivalries that's going to be brewing up in the NBA over the next couple of years. Uh, and I'm excited to see how that plays out. Uh, the Pacers has also been a pretty good team. I haven't paid too much attention to them, 
So I can't really give my take on, you know, as far as the matchups, but I do know Miles Turner is a beast. They still got Sabonis on that team, if I'm thinking correctly. So the Pacers are not a team to be slept on. They showed last year that as long as Sabonis is healthy, they can actually make plays. They can beat teams. So they're kind of like one of those teams that people continue to sleep on, like how the Nuggets used to be, because uh, they have talent. You just have to see that talent come into fruition a little bit more and see how they play out when they're playing, you know, the more tougher teams. And then, of course, we got the 76ers after that. Uh, when it comes to the 76ers, we spanked a uh, behind, too. So I know they're also looking for, you know, a payback. Uh, but I feel like they're kind of like an up-and-down team currently. I know Embiid was battling a little bit of injuries at the beginning of the season. And then, uh, you know, with Ben Simmons not being out, I know they had to kind of refine themselves as a team. Uh, with Ben Simmons being there and being a 6'10 or 6'8, however tall he is, point guard, you know, he kind of, he was that floor general. So he was the one that not only could move the ball, he could also – he also was a well, – not was, but is a great defensive player. So you kind of take away that floor general and key defensive piece for basically the – he could def- he could guard anybody like one through five, so taking that away, they've kind of had to find a little bit of excuse me of a new identity for them to kind of you know see how they can flow with and be being you know taking on more of a workload. Uh, of course, Seth Curry has has been stepping up majorly this season, which is no surprise. He's a Curry brother, and he's a shooter through and through. So, but uh. Then you have Tyrese Maxey. You know, you have people like Matisse uh, Thibault or Thibault. Um, I wouldn't say it's Thibault. And then, of course, you have Tobias Harris. So they have a great team. It's just trying to rework themselves into uh, the flow that works best for the personnel that they have playing on the floor. So I am extremely excited about the Hawks. Of the next three games, the Knicks, Pacers, and 76ers, I can see our win streak going to 10. But we got to take it one game at a time, starting with the Knicks tonight. So my prediction on that, I'll probably give that a uh, – we'll win by seven points, you know, ish, give or take. But uh, within a seven-point margin. So let's go, Hawks. You know we got this. And drum roll, please. College football. Let's go ahead and uh, – I just want to review some of the rivalry games that we had yesterday. Uh, Washington and Washington State. See, I, normally when I watch that game, you know, previous years, I feel like it's more of a closer game as far as like the competitiveness and, and, and with it being a rivalry game, a lot of people want to, you know, it's always at the end of the year anyway. So some more times than not, it's kind of like that qualifying game for a bowl game. Anyway, this was a disappointing game to see Washington state demolished Washington 40 to 13. It was never really a game. Uh, I did, uh, you know, I saw it. I'm just like, wow. Like the other team just lacks energy. Just, uh, making careless plays, not necessarily paying attention to certain assignments. So a little bit disappointing, but Washington wins that. Iowa wins over Nebraska, 28-21. to 21. We also have UNC versus NC State, and that was a game. Honestly, at the very beginning of the game, NC State, they got the ball rolling pretty good, right? So they were actually up. And then probably the second to third quarter, that's when UNC really – found their momentum, and they kind of had full swing and took control of the game all the way until the last two minutes. 
And then NC State just pulled out a miracle. They literally got a touchdown, came back, kicked an onside kick, recovered the onside kick. At this point, it's a, it's probably like a minute and a half left into the game or whatever. Then an NC State receiver basically just bodies a UNC defender for the game-winning touchdown, which still it was about a minute and a half left or a minute 15 or whatever left in the game. But now you have NC State up 34-30, to 30, and UNC goes down to try to close the game out, uh, you know, get the game-winning touchdown. Uh, but then it's picked off by NC State uh, defender in the end zone. So it kind of just sealed the deal right there. But it was a, a good game. That was one of those rivalry games you really wanted to pay attention to through and through simply because it had competition. It had the ups and downs. One team, you think they're going to win. The next thing you know, the other team comes back, and then it swings again back in the other team's favor. So that's why I love college football so much because just like the movie Any Given Sunday, it's really Any Given Saturday or in this case, any given Friday, because they played on a Friday, but technicals. Uh, but that's why college football, in my opinion, is just, it's its so amazing, because you can see a number one team go down to an unranked team. You can see a top five team go down to an unranked team, and let's say, depending on the time of the year, that team could very easily have not been in any type of conversation for being ranked that year, or even playoffs, and if they depending on how their schedule strength is and if they continue to win out, basically, you can have a team that was an afterthought and no one thought of at the beginning of the season now in talks for the college playoffs and maybe even the college championship, depending on how well that team is played. So college football is amazing, man. It always has the best ups and downs, the best, you know, mood swings. You know, you think you're going to win, you think you're going to lose, and then it goes right back to you think you're going to win, and then, I swear, I don't know how people don't catch heart attacks watching college football games. But let's keep the ball rolling, and I'm not talking about Road Tide. I'm talking about the dogs against Georgia Tech. First of all, Georgia Tech is going to get slaughtered. I've been seeing them play. They got their butt whooped by Notre Dame, uh, if not last week, the week before. And that was – I never thought Georgia Tech was that good of a team this year, but that was disappointing. And UGA has the best defense in college football. They are going to roll over Georgia Tech. Because Georgia Tech, for the most part, they're a running team. They have been able to start doing more passing as far as, you know, the Georgia Tech team. But they're still predominantly a running team. So that's kind of where their, you know, their weakness is. Because if you have somebody that can stop the run or if you just simply can't run that game, now you're trying to force throws down the field. And it's not working because you're not that good of a throwing team to begin with. So the dogs are definitely going to roll over those. I don't, I don't know the spread. I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to say the dogs are winning by at least 35. I can honestly see more. I can see, like, they put 50, 60 points on Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech maybe gets, like, 10. But, uh, yeah, the dogs, because they're on a mission. Now, they know not to get too excited and ahead of themselves. Uh, so it's one game at a time. But definitely the dogs are already knowing how they're going to take care of Georgia Tech and then what to do on afterwards because they're, they're looking for the sights set higher. They, they want that national championship. And if they lose to Georgia Tech, that's going to be a bad look for the dogs, and they're not going to let that happen. On to my, one of my next uh, favorite college football teams. Of course, the dogs are number one, but Ohio State is that close to. And Ohio State is playing Michigan. 
And Michigan at one point in time had the second best defense in the league in college football, right behind the dogs, surprisingly. Michigan, I feel like, has shown out and has proved themselves all year. The only game they lost was Michigan State, and that's simply because uh, Kenneth Walker, who leads the league in college um, – I say league. When I say league, I clearly mean FBS, college football. But he leads college football in rushing yards. That man is a beast. He literally got all five of the touchdowns during that Michigan game. So that was really Michigan's only loss because simply one man just was their kryptonite. It wasn't even a team effort. It was simply one person. So besides that one fluke, Michigan has shown and proved that they are a team to be uh, contended with. Like they do not play because they have not only been putting it up on defense, they've been doing it well offensively as well. They've had smaller mistakes. They recognize certain opportunities, and they not recognize it. They attack, they attack and seize those opportunities as well. So you just kind of want to pay attention to this game because it is going to be a nail-biter. It is going to be very game and action-packed. So I do feel that Ohio State will pull out. I'm also a Ohio State fan, so I'm definitely not going to go against my team. But the biggest key to Ohio State's success, I do feel like it's going to be a close game. Because Ohio State, their offense is explosive. And what they did to Michigan State last week shows that their defense is stepping up. And that that is key. But the biggest key is C.J. Stroud. You have a freshman quarterback who is literally leading the, league, uh, leading the college football league in uh, QBR, quarterback rating. But he's a freshman now, he's shown throughout the year that he can make the right decisions. He can definitely put up numbers. Last game, he had 400 yards, six touchdowns, and only two incompletions at halftime. Okay? Halftime against Michigan State, which was at the time ranked higher than them, or still, they were both top five opponents or top six. So, C.J. Stroud, as long as he ah, – C.J. Stroud needs to make sure that he is making the right decisions, not forcing anything, especially against this tough Michigan defense. Dang, I ain't going to lie. Sound like one of the professional, you know, analysis when I said that. Proud of myself, everybody. It's my first podcast. So again, I want to take a moment. I just want to say thank you to you all uh, for listening, for being here. Uh, but, uh, but back to it, like I said, I have Ohio State uh, eventually – edging out and winning the game, but literally I can see it being within six points. Like it, it literally comes down to whoever has the ball last, honestly. So whoever has the ball last or whoever's defense is able to make a stop at the right time. It's literally that simple. It, it's not going to be more than a one possession game. That is going to be a game to watch. We have the Gators against Florida state. I think, it's probably going to go into overtime for this game, but Florida State will eventually win. Florida State has been on a lovely run for the latter end of the season, and I feel like they have picked up the right momentum and confidence that they need to really propel them to close out the season very well. The Gators have been subpar this season. Uh, they fired their head coach for a reason. Uh, some could say they've been below average. So I do feel like the Gators are a little bit defeated mentally and emotionally, but I feel like with this last game, especially since it's a rivalry game, they'll want to kind of show everybody, oh, yeah, 
you fire Dan Mullen, but we can still try to pull out a win with a new coach and possibly a slightly different system or whatever the case is. But I just feel like overall Florida State has the momentum and because of the blow that the Gators have took, it it just won't be enough for them to really win. So I have Florida State in an overtime win with that. And then we have the Iron Bowl with Alabama and Auburn. Now, if you look at the team-wise, the overall aspect, Alabama is definitely a better team. But the one thing Auburn has always been able to do, especially against Alabama, is beat them, especially since it's at Auburn. This is the Iron Bowl we're talking about here, okay? I've been to an Iron Bowl once. It was in Road Tide country, so it was in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Man, that was a tongue twister. And the energy was insane. Alabama whooped they behind. Like, so I, I'm a Dogs fan, but I will say I was rooting for Alabama at that game. It was honestly the best game experience I've ever had being in any stadium, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball or football. That Iron Bowl game was the best experience ever, okay? So I know that Auburn is going to be just as lit. They're going to they're gonna bring that same energy as I'm sure Alabama did when I was at that game. So I honestly, this could go either way. It simply just comes down to, I feel like, how Bryce Young, which he's done great all year, how he reacts to being in that type of environment and how quickly Auburn hits at the beginning of the game. They have to strike first. They have to kind of give Alabama that punch in the mouth to start off and then carry that energy. If if Auburn is not up by 14 points at halftime, or at least by the end of the third quarter, then I have Alabama win it because Auburn needs to maintain, grab the lead early and maintain the lead. That That's their big thing. Whether it's their defense is holding Alabama down, which I don't see being the case, or their offense matching Alabama's touchdown for touchdown or field goal for field goal. Like, I feel like Auburn's defense is going to have to make a key play at the beginning of the game to kind of get their defense and the rest of the team's energy up so they can continue to kind of ride the wave into the end. So that is going to be a flip of the coin. Um, and then, of course, we have a couple of other rivalry games for the rest of uh, today's slate. These are definitely not all of them, but some of the key ones I like to pay attention to was Oregon State uh, versus Oregon, Penn State versus Michigan State, which that's always been a nice rivalry. I, I do have Michigan State winning that just because of how badly they got beat by the Buckeyes last week. You have Indiana versus Purdue. I'll I'll pick Purdue because Purdue is always the type to pull out big upsets against teams. Now, neither team for Indiana Purdue is ranked, but Purdue tends to – I think they have the FBS record of they've beaten the most ranked teams or top 10 teams or top five teams or whatever. So they're good in the upset. They they understand and seize opportunity of the big moment, especially a rivalry week game. And then we have Wisconsin against Minnesota. Now, Wisconsin is ranked in Minnesota is not, but Minnesota is not a team to play with either. They have been within the past two, three seasons uh, with the new head coach that they have, the, the, environment has changed uh they have a stronger culture so i do feel like that is going to be a close game as well so that's another game you might want to watch out for uh virginia and virginia tech uh that any any of course like i said this is rivalry week so these are going to be very passionate games so that's another game that i feel like would be nice cal versus ucla 
And then to tie it all off, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. So I know I have a uh, one of my friends that I went to high school with, she went to Oklahoma. So I love Oklahoma too, especially because they brought me Baker Mayfield to the Browns and my favorite teams are the Falcons and the Browns. For people who don't know me or didn't know that, yes, I know it's pretty disappointing, but I'm still going to stick with them, okay? Uh, so, but I, I, I do like Oklahoma over Oklahoma State simply because Caleb Williams, my God, if this man started off the season instead of uh, Spencer Rattler, first of all, we would be talking about Caleb Williams in a talk for the Heisman because this man, as a true freshman starting, what, four or five games into the season or whatever the case was, six, I don't know. This man has been lights out. He has definitely been one of the top uh, players, period, to watch in college football since he started and since he replaced Spencer Rattler. You don't even hear Spencer Rattler's name anymore. That's how good he is. So if you haven't heard of him before, you've just been put on notice. So thank you, everybody. I hope uh, to see you all or hear from you all next episode. And, of course, go ahead and drop any comments, you know, any rebuttals, drop your favorite teams, who you love, who you got, drop maybe a team you want me to touch on next week or a sport you want me to touch on uh, next week. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thank you so much. You already know the vibes and we out.